My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. We have a really exciting interview ahead of us. You know, the guest I'm bringing on, Adele Wing, is a popular speaker, writer, blogger, and blogger on energy healing, spiritual inquiry, feminine leadership, and personal transformation. She has also trained with the top pioneers in energy healing. She's the host of All Things Human podcast. And welcome to the show, Adele. Thanks so much for taking the time out of your day. I'm very excited. I mean, we're going to have some great conversation, yes, takeaways, wins. We'll go over some, have a good time. Yes. Yeah. We'll go over some challenges and what's working. And so conversation within that alone is just going to be amazing. So thank you. And before we really dive in to any questions, do you mind going ahead and giving us a bit of your story? How did you get to where you are? Because I, I, I mean, you have a powerful story and I would love to share that with our listeners. Yeah. So in a nutshell, I uh, was raised in a family to be a high performer, a lot of physicians and professors in my family, and I was expected to become a doctor. Um, Somehow I wound up as a concert violinist. I discovered I had that talent early and traveled the world, won a lot of competitions, but I always felt like something was off inside. And I realized that um, I only knew how to achieve, but I didn't really know how to relate to people. Like I was always lonely in a crowd, always anxious, always trying to say the right thing, um, perfectionist, just just a lot of inner insecurity about how to do this thing called people. I only knew how to study and uh, achieve things. So um, I just I started, you know, a transition from a professional violin career to IT, software, banking, rose up through the ranks. And the more I achieved, the more depressed I got. And it was the same problem of why do I feel lonely in a crowd all the time? Everything looks great on the outside. I applied myself with a lot of self-help, psychology books, all that stuff. I checked out a little bit of coaching, but nothing really seemed to move the needle in terms of my general happiness. I know now I was probably fighting a low-level depression. And one day I stumbled into this thing called spirituality. And I said, aha, that is the solution. Because in spirituality, what well, we really don't really care so much about the mind. It's all about being with the oneness. And I thought I had arrived. And I went down this rabbit hole of spiritual development that I can look back now and see within myself and many people now that I knew wasn't very healthy. And I just didn't know it at the time. But I really got wrapped around the pole of um, certain concepts, law of attraction, things like that, that um, actually made me feel worse the more I tried to be more spiritual. Like I had tried to improve myself psychologically. I was trying to improve myself spiritually. I was just as miserable. And the defining moment was one day I had a so-called spiritual teacher shouting at me in a room full of 20 or 30 people about how, you know, wake up, you, you, you're doing it wrong. You don't get it. And I remember at that moment, a click went off in my head. I said, I have tried everything to create a happier life. I've tried psychology. I've wrapped myself around the pole with all sorts of spiritual inquiry. It's not working. 
and you're yelling at me that I'm unhappy, which seems like an oxymoron if you're into uh, uplifting people. Um, but at that moment, I knew that I would have to do something radically different if I was going to survive on this planet. I mean, it got that bad. And um, I held down this big corporate job. I was absolutely miserable. It was really bad. And I said, I'm done. I am done with personal development, spiritual development. I don't want to hear it. It's all toxic to me. And I said, if I don't find another way, I'm going to leave uh, permanently. And luck, as luck would have it, um, I stumbled upon a couple people that are unknown. You'll never hear about them. They're not famous, but they work very differently. And they introduced me to a body of work I had never known before. Uh, you could call it a type of spiritual awakening, but they don't use the fancy words. Um, and I said, whatever this is, it's saving me because I was spiraling. And so I went down that path and they kept saying, Adele, you would be very good at this because of your range of, you know, you've, you've gone the, the maximum range of suffering, um, uh, corporate success, musical achievement around the world and spiritual weirdness. You have such a range of where people, you know, get lost. And I, I was like, okay, well, um, let's have a conversation. And I started working with people privately. At that time, I had, uh, I had a corporate job. I was starting to see clients on the side. I never thought it would be a business. Never imagined I would someday be talking to people about what had saved me. But that's what I started doing. I had an energy medicine background. I was working with a physician, with patients in the practice, with cancer recovery, all kinds of things. We got the tough stuff, the stuff that nobody else could fix. And I started noticing we were getting results that no one else could because of the integration of like some of the stuff that I'm, I'm gonna talk about. And um, that was very exciting. And I went on to um, create my own practice. I, all the time, I said, this is just a hobby, you know? Right. And it just morphed and more more people kept coming. And then one day I, I said, okay, if I'm supposed to do this, I'll do it for six months. And if I can't make it go for six months, in a way that I can sustain it, I'm going back to corporate. Well, that turned into 10 years or 15 years. So it was always just, let's see how this goes. Let's see how this goes. And at one point I said, all right, we'll just make this happen. You know, I, I committed and boom, um, I had to learn, I had to dig a lot deeper into entrepreneurship. Um, the podcast came out of, a, I, I started something. I didn't want anyone to hear it. I put it on SoundCloud in some obscure corner of the internet, never told anybody about it. And this was 10 years ago when the tools of podcasting weren't as developed. So at that time, SoundCloud was, you could put stuff on SoundCloud, but you know, since then the, the platforms have evolved. And um, so I moved things from SoundCloud to, you know, cause it's a much more distributable to the major platforms of Apple and Spotify and things like that. SoundCloud at that time wasn't designed for podcasts. It was more, more for like bands. So once one day I looked on like, oh my God, people are actually listening to this. So I've ignored it for five years. And then I said, okay, maybe this is useful for what I'm doing now. So again, my podcast was just a little passion project. And once I saw that it was adding value to the world, I said, well, all right, I'll, I'll move it over. So now it's available. All Things Human is now available on all major platforms. And it started to really take off. And then, then I actually learned the nuts and bolts of how to do a podcast officially. And uh, so everything I did, I did backwards. 
and you know, all roads lead to Rome. So if you're out right. there listening to this and you can relate, it, start wherever you are and it, the road will lead you towards the next step. So now I serve thousands of people around the world. And what I do, I, I specialize with helping people find their purpose, creating lives that really work in their life and livelihood. That includes a lot of people who are coaches, um, embracing entrepreneurship. What is your special sauce you want to offer the world? Because that's that takes some heavy lifting a lot of times with the branding and stuff like that. Um, the podcast is out there, you know, being heard a zillion places. And um, here I am. So I hope that gives you a quick synopsis of my crazy life over the last 20 years. I love it. So today you're helping thousands of people around the world find their purpose, find their passion, you know, and, and that kind of thing. Now tell me, tell me a bit about your services and how you deliver them Yeah, a little bit well, deeper if you can. Yeah. So I work with private clients one-on-one. I also have some group programs that focus more on feminine essence, which is a lot on um, the, the way the energy in women is different than men touching into the natural magnetic quality of sensuality, a way that women are just happier. So that is a group offering I offer throughout the year periodically. Um, yeah, people work with me different ways. So incredible. Michelle is what I do. Love it. Love it. So the inner business of running a business, can we talk a bit about that? Yes. This is the I think you have that- some value to add to that for sure. Well, everything I'm saying today, I learned the hard way. So for all of your listeners, I was not a quick study. I was not one of those people that took to entrepreneurship like a fish in water. I never saw myself in that way. Like I said, I came from more of an academic family. There are very few entrepreneurs in my family. We all are employees, physicians, professors in academia or a hospital, something like that. And so to be an entrepreneur, especially in this field, was kind of like, what are you doing? You know, so I didn't have a whole lot of support in my family. So I told everybody this was just a hobby. And it was several years in running a full-time business before I admitted to people that this was actually a real thing. Cause they kept thinking, well, okay, for now, and when are you going to go back to being a top business analyst in software development? And I said, well, I'm trying a little bit longer. And then one day I just said, this is what I'm doing. And they said, okay. Cause by then I was making money. And in my right. family, if you're making money, then good enough, right? Because so so starting off, I don't think they would have supported me as much because, and I didn't expect them to. I think it's a tall order sometimes. If families, if you don't have 100% support of your family when you're first starting out because you're not making anything, it doesn't mean they don't, you know, oh, they don't believe in me, but it's a feeling of once you're successful, then they can relax a little bit. You know, I think it's like, right, they right. just want what's best for you. And so there's a lot of inner development on courage, stamina. What the hell am I doing? Um, I really struggled with um, a personal brand. All I could see was everybody else that I, oh, I'm kind of like this person. I'm kind of like that person. I didn't have an awareness that, that something greater than that would emerge within me. I thought I had to follow a program. And this was a challenge for me personally, working with some coaches because they had an idea of how this should go. And it didn't always mesh with what I felt natural for me. So it's a lot of inner work. It really is in terms of what scares you, uh, what you're called to do. Um, And it's it's not so much a skill development as much as it is um, getting to know more of yourself 
if that makes sense. And I wish entrepreneurs had more support for that. My experience in doing this, especially with coaches and people on a personal brand development, although they know that personal development is important, most of the time when they're faced with, okay, where do I spend my money and my time? Do I spend it with business coaching? Do I spend it with the website designer? Do I spend it with the social media? That's where the money tends to go. Even It's not that they don't believe in personal development, but they are so distracted by those other things. And I'm here to tell you, if you can reverse the order, you will find it easier to deduce what your brand is. To, the copy will flow more naturally. What Which social media do you want to do? If you don't have enough of that found up front, everything feels much more difficult. So that would be my suggestion if you're starting out. Start with you first. I know you're going to be really tempted to drop a lot of money into a high-end business coaching program, but you won't know what it is you're selling yet. So right, in the beginning, right. we need a lot more in-depth conversation about who you be, you know, what is it that you want to be doing more than a week's worth. You know, there's a lot of internal development that needs to occur when you leave corporate and you go into entrepreneurship there. I tell everybody there's like a bridge. It's not just, Oh, I'm going to hang a shingle out. It's there's, there's a whole internal identity shift along with skill development, along with wearing 20 hats at once. It's, you know, this is not the easiest path, but my hope is that this program can help people know where to focus first. There's an order of things. And what I've noticed is in the beginning, it seems like everything is equally important. My social media is just as equally as important as my lead gen. It's, I got to meditate. Like it's all over the place. But if you can streamline it first, second, and third, you can feel less overwhelmed. Yeah. Love it. Love it. And you mentioned internal development and identity shift. How did you feel during leaving corporate and coming into the entrepreneur life? Obviously scared, obviously, but is there, yeah, and we know there's those doubts, but is there anything that really stood out to you during that time? And if you look back at it now, are you grateful for it? Yeah, I thought I would do both for a while. And, you know, in all honesty, when I'm coaching um, young entrepreneurs or new entrepreneurs, I really would rather that they um, can have one thing while they build the other because it's stressful on the nerves. If you have to eat beans, you know, and you're not sure you can make rent, it's, very, it's a lot of stress. So for me, I found a way to do my 40 hour over corporate gig, 40 hour a week corporate gig and see clients on the side and on weekends. And at some point it had to tip. I was way too busy and Luck had it that at that time at AT and T they had made a change in staffing, and they said, "Adele, you're a top person. Um, can you please take a month off and come back?" So there was a, a way they were restructuring projects at that time, and I'm like, "Sure." And it was around the holiday season, around Thanksgiving, and nothing gets done much in December anyway. A perfect timing, and yeah. they said, "Well, hit us up back in January." January came, and you know, I never quite got around to calling them because I was busy. And then February and then March. And then I realized, you know, I'm not sure I want to go back. So for me, that's how it was. Now, I know this may not be possible for everyone, but if you can have something while you are working on this other thing, I think the stress will be easier because it, it's, it's going to demand a lot in the beginning. 
And it truly does. It does. And it's, it's hard in the beginning, very hard, very hard. And a lot of people I feel like aren't consistent. And also that could be because, you know, it's so tough in the beginning, they might have their, they might be doing a couple things to keep up with it, right? To make a little bit of money on the side. And And it's hard. Yeah. And there's a lot of internal work. Not everyone is cut out for entrepreneurship. Right. right? And may not know that going in, like, oh, I'm going to do my own thing. And then there's sometimes what, is it that this is so hard? I don't want to learn it. I'm frozen. I don't want to do it. Or this just isn't for me. And sometimes one, you might think it's one versus the other. And so I always tell people, try to try to math, try to learn something to an adequate level first before you decide you can't stand it. Because most people don't like something in the beginning that is new. They don't know how to do it. And they're frustrated, but just hang in there. And once you mm-hmm. get the basics down, do you want to do more of it? If it's yes, okay. If it's no, let's pivot. There's no sense right. in building business doing stuff you don't like. You know, no. and some people are happier with partnership. You know, they they just, I have one client, she's happier working with a partner. She does not want to run a whole coaching program all by herself. She likes the interaction and engagement with a partner. Um, Some people want to be running a business within a larger organization, such as a franchise or, you know, I think realtors do this a lot. You have your own little thing within Keller Williams or whatever. That's a type of entrepreneurship because they do run their own business, but it's not just you're out there on your own completely. Um, I think some people in the financial services do that as well. So there you get you have to discover what type of small business are you happiest in. And a lot of times people don't know until you know. Experiment. That's all you can do. Yeah. All you can do. Experiment and just keep going. Just keep going. It's hard in the beginning, but it's nothing worth it is isn't hard. So exactly. And I am not somebody whoever thought she'd be an entrepreneur. I know there are some people that ever since they were 10, I'm going to run my own business. Like that was just in their blood. They, they right. no doubt, but I didn't have that. I was a very reluctant entrepreneur. I didn't really want to run my own business. I was used to a more comfortable, whatever structure, but you know, I, I, I grew into it and now I'm groovy with it, but I didn't start out that way. So, you know, my identity never saw me as a small business owner at all, but that's what I'm growing into. And that's what I'm mentoring other people into. Yeah. I love it. It's everyone. If you're starting out, get some help, get some help, get either a mentor or a guide trying to just flush this out by yourself is difficult because all you're going to do is transfer the skills and assumptions you had in corporate and just move them over to entrepreneurship. And there's a whole different way of looking at life, problems, time, energy, money. Everything is different in terms right. of decision-making. And if you don't know that, you just, yeah, it can be very stressful. Absolutely. Adele, tell us a little bit more. I know you touched on the podcast, but tell us again how, you know, when you started it and your attention, I know you mentioned some stuff about it already, but if we could just dive in a little deeper, you know, where it's at today. The podcast started about 10 years ago on SoundCloud. I didn't know what I was doing. I was plopping out a few tracks and I linked a few of them to my clients. I'm like, Hey, listen to this. And I basically forgot about it for six years. Until one day I looked online, I'm like, oh my God, 
you know, thousands of listens. And I thought, maybe I should do something with this. And then yeah. I looked at and I looked at podcasts distribution and it's really more for bands at this point. Mm-hmm. And so I've like decided to, okay, I'm going to move platforms. I switched to a different provider and became more systematic by then the podcasting world had matured. Like be- before I had no idea. I was just like, oh, here it is on SoundCloud. I'm just little, this little audio file, but um, I'm happy to see that podcasting is maturing in its own medium, its own thing. And um so I, I started doing a little study. It was always a passion project. And um, this is something that if you're a podcaster out there, you can be curious about. One thing that's useful to think about is do, what are you trying to accomplish with your podcast? This is the stuff I had to sit with. Because, okay, you're getting all these listens, downloads. What, do you, what are you trying to accomplish? Fame and fortune? Is it to build a business? In the beginning, I just was, it was just like a piece of art for the world. I wasn't going to do anything with it. Um, now, as you move forward, you get, get to think now, do you want to use the podcast to sell services? Is it kind of like a way that people can learn about what you do and then sign up for your free whatever? That is a model that works for a lot of businesses. Coaches do that. Um, there's also the other model, as you know. Do you want to monetize your podcast in terms of advertisers, blowing it up like Joe Rogan, right? Joe Rogan, he's all over the place. He, he does not have one area and he's not really selling himself as much as his content. So, mm-hmm. you know, you as a podcaster get to decide which model fits you better. Um, I'm sort of trying to do a little bit of both. So I'm not the best person to ask because I've never thought about the podcast of, hey, want to sign up with me? It was always... I think this is cool for you to listen to and there's value in that. So I'm playing with the idea of putting some of it behind a paywall, you know, like a Patreon model. Um, that is one way to monetize. I'm still experimenting and I'm sure you probably have explored and know a lot more about monetization models, but it is, it, it, whichever way you go, my experience has found that this is not a quick, get rich, quick way. You know, it, you had to consistently put stuff out consistently nurture and it's going to take some time which is different than some of the other social medias where you know you put out a tiktok and you're famous overnight that kind of thing takes much longer but the reason why i like podcasts is there is in my opinion there's nothing like voice there's nothing like the intimacy of hearing someone's voice even i think it's even better than you know instagram which is highly curated like I just it looks good, but there's something about being able to just relax into a program such as this, because you can feel the energy of, you know, my energy listeners, you can hear into Brittany's energy. You could just relax for a minute instead of being glued to the computer to watch a 30 second or even YouTube. It's hard on my body to sit at the computer for, you know, I like the portability of podcasts that you can just disappear into your favorite show as you're working out or doing the dishes. That's something unique to podcasting that no other medium can do. And so if you're a creative person like me, part of the inner work is how do you like to express your creativity? Um, Like, for example, I have a big TikTok channel, 171,000 followers. The limitation, the problem with video is you got to spend a lot of time editing. 
Mm-hmm. Same thing with YouTube. And if you don't like video editing, you know, is there something else you would enjoy? Or you have to farm it out, which can be expensive. I like putting stuff out quickly and it's easier with podcasting content. You can put out something uh, fairly quickly that is good quality. It's easier to edit. It's flexible. You can shoot or record when you want and you can build an audience. So that's why I lean more towards podcasting than blowing out a YouTube channel. But I know right now, oh, now there's this discussion. Oh, well, I'm going to put my podcast on YouTube and so we're going to record it. And and that is a newer thing. And I'll be interested what people do with that you know um how are podcasters doing when they record a video of a podcast some people love it some people don't like it you know um i haven't found a clear consensus yet um my my preference is still to listen rather than watch a podcast but that's just me because if you're going to put it on video you try to not do nice cuts and you know all kinds of groovy things to make it visually more appealing but that takes time it does. It takes time and it takes effort. And I mean, I think listening at opposed to watching is so much more popular for sure. Much more popular for those yes. who are on their way to work, for those who are at the gym, you know, yeah. like airing a audio is probably more popular than video, but I'm not positive either. Uh, I personally like audio better as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the industry, the podcast community is f- figuring it out right now. No, there's not a clear consensus yet. Maybe in a year or two, a best practices will emerge. But I've heard both sides, you know, and I know a lot of big podcasters do put their things on YouTube. I'm not against it, but that's not for me. To, I don't like watching podcasts on video. It's like, why would I do that? I would just rather download and go about my day listening with someone in my ear. Right, right, right. I hear you. Um, tell us a bit about your podcast and how, I mean, does it, with people that do interview and do solos? Um, I do have a whole lot of great interviews. Um, I love having speakers. Again, my bottleneck is my time. And yeah, yeah. if I'm going to have an interview, I want the speaker to, to sound good. And editing takes time. So um, right now, my podcast is probably 85% solo. And 15% guests being interviewed. Um, once I get all the interviews done, I'm, it'll. I have a lot in the can, and right, they're right. really good. They're really good. It's just when I can get the time to edit them. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. Time. Now, tell me a little bit about your focus for 2023 with the podcast, with the business. I'm excited mm-hmm. to find out. Yeah. The focus for 2023 will be more creative expression. So I will be doing more with podcasts. I'm interested in exploring what the, the, the new things people are doing with podcasts, maybe sharing. Um, I know some people are even exploring doing podcasts live on Instagram. And so you have like multiple, I've seen people do this. You've got TikTok and the podcast streaming somewhere and people typing in comments and you know, like, oh my gosh, you need to have my moderator. Yes. But I think there's a way to create something that is new. Um, That'll be interesting. Um, I'm playing with, uh, do I really want to be doing transcripts? I know that's a feature that a lot of people, I just haven't had time. Do I want to offer that? Some people say it's useful. Some people say, no, um, I haven't done them. 
and it doesn't seem to be impacting download. I don't know. Um, I'd be interested to hear how many podcast listeners prefer a transcript. My experience has been, if you give it to them, they don't listen. Like, why would you listen to the podcast if there's a transcript? I'm like, oh my God, I put all this work into this interview. You're just going to read it. And I'm like, no. So I, I turned off the transcript function. So, but that's just me. Yeah. It's interesting. It's like, there's so many different options on what, what way or what angle you could go. And it's, it's whatever works for you really. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So. I'm not against transcripts. I think there's going to be a way coming forth that it can be put onto a blog maybe, but again, if there's one of me, I have an assistant. We haven't figured out how best to optimize all these assets yet. I hear you. And there's, I mean, it, and it doesn't have to happen overnight. You can figure it out later on, right? It right. doesn't matter. Right. And, Adele, this has been absolutely amazing. You know, you shared so many tips and valuable insights for my listeners. And you know me, that's what I'm looking for on my podcast. So I'm really happy you were able to take the time out of your day and jump on my show and add this value for myself and my listeners. I, it's such a pleasure to have you here. Yeah, thank you for having me. And if you're thinking of starting a podcast out there, just try it and, and you don't have to be fancy. But the most right. important thing is if you do it, if you enjoy it, you know, yeah, if you're um, passionate about it, if you, if you enjoy it, if you don't find another medium, maybe you're more of a writer than a speaker, or maybe you like being on top of the camera or whatever. But um, yeah, we have to enjoy our own creative genius. We have to, we have, we really have to do something we enjoy and are passionate about. I mean, try it out. If you don't like it, you don't have to do it. Right. But there's no harm in trying. And um it'll come. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Adele. Such a pleasure having you on today. You know, if anyone's looking to connect with you, what would be the best way? Yeah, I'm pretty easy to find. If you just Google my name, um, you can connect to me on um, social media. I'm, I think I'm on all the major platforms. I have a free gift for women um, that that's easily available off my website, you know, safehavenhealing.net, or you can reach out to me on Instagram, TikTok, and just shoot me a note. I'm happy to send it to you. Um, what else? You join me on All Things Human. Join me on my podcast there. And um, yeah, I'm pretty approachable. And if people want to talk to me, you can book a you know short conversation to see if I can help you on your journey. Um, I think anyone moving in this direction, try to find people who can lift you, who can save you time so you don't have to reinvent the wheel, especially around your identity piece, the brand, the thing that's that's emerging. That's the word you spend more of the focus on that. Don't worry about the tech. Don't worry about, you know, how many followers you have on social media. That'll all come when you find your true voice in what you're trying to convey with the world. I love it. Adele, thank you so much. Group, if you're listening and enjoyed, please like and subscribe. If you're a six-figure entrepreneur or higher and want to come on just like our amazing Adele did today to share this valuable insight for my listeners and myself and talk about your business, talk about your podcast, talk about your journey, please go to top100interview.com. We'd love to have you on as well. Thanks so much, Adele. Thanks, guys. Catch you on the next episode. Hey everyone, I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. 
One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com and then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high-ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.